0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Rob Statz-Guerrera, and welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. And wherever you may be, happy National Tight Ends Day, apparently, because the news that the 49ers faithful have been waiting for has finally happened. George Kittle and the 49ers, according to Barstool Sports and others, have agreed to a five-year, $75 million contract. That sound you hear is 49er fans across the country rejoicing with the beverage of their choice. You can rest easy now, faithful. It has happened. Coming up in this episode, I'll give you my first blush reaction to the deal. Uh, And I want to get into a little bit of what this deal tells us about the organization, because I think that's an important part of this. Uh, Some more of the nuts and bolts. And by the way, just keep in mind, the numbers that are coming out now are likely all from Kittle's agent. And agents have a nasty little habit of pumping things up as much as possible because they want to make themselves look good. Right? They want to be able to say, look what I got for my guy, not only to strengthen the relationship with that player, but also to other clients that they might have and potential clients. Look what I can do for you. Look what I did here. So let's see if this deal looks the same once all the details come out. I'm sure there are people around the league digging to try and get those. But as we know it right now, as I'm recording this on Thursday... Five years, $75 million, $18 million signing bonus for Kittle. $30 million guaranteed at signing, according to Pardon My Take, who kind of broke the story. And if everything holds, that's about $15 million a year. My first reaction, both sides did pretty good. If you're the 49ers, you say, look, we recognize his talent. He's the best tight end in the league. He's arguably the best pass catcher. He's definitely the best blocking tight end in the league and we gave him more money than any tight end has ever gotten in the history of the NFL. If you're George Kittle, you say, "Look, I set the market on tight ends and not only did I set the market on tight ends, which of course they were going to do. But George Kittle can also say, "Hey, I got paid like more than a tight end. The highest paid wide receiver in the league is about 22 million. That's Julio Jones. And Kittle's going to get about 15 million per year. So he sort of got paid almost like a wide receiver, which he almost kind of is. So both sides for the 49ers and Kittle can say, We did what we wanted to do. We're happy with this deal. And I said on this podcast and other podcasts, if you're the 49ers, all you can do is offer him more money than any tight end has ever gotten. That's what they did. They got the deal done. It's interesting. They could have done something similar with DeForest Buckner if they would wanted to. But I think the 49ers didn't view Buckner the same way they view Kittle. I think this deal tells you that the 49ers see Kittle as a cornerstone part of their team. They didn't do that with DeForest Buckner. They had a number in mind. He wouldn't agree to it, so they got rid of him. Not the case with George Kittle. I've already seen reaction on Twitter. Trent Taylor had a good reaction saying he was life-changing money. He was proud of his brother. It sends a good message to the locker room. It sends the message that we will take care of you if you are elite. I don't think the 49ers viewed DeForest Buckner as elite. They obviously viewed George Kittle as elite. Congratulations, George. Now, what does this deal say about the 49ers organization? I think it says a couple of things. First and foremost, the days of this team being a laughingstock are officially over. Like, that era is officially ended. I know they only had one good year under Kyle Shanahan, but it's over now. Look at what has happened this offseason. Coming off a year where they made the Super Bowl, they were a quarter away, six minutes away, really, from winning the Super Bowl. The 49ers locked down their three cornerstone pieces. What's happened this offseason? Kyle Shanahan got a six-year extension. John Lynch got a five-year extension, and now George Kittle agrees to a five-year deal with the 49ers that is setting yourself up for years to come. You are creating a Super Bowl window and putting yourselves in the best possible position to get a championship. And that's all you can do if you're the 49ers. Once you're in that game, anything can happen, right? We saw that in the Super Bowl this year. Even the best run team in the NFL for years, the Patriots, had to have some fluky stuff happen to win as much as they have. I mean, Against the Panthers in Super Bowl 38, John Casey kicks the ball out of bounds on the Patriots game-winning drive to set them up at their own 40 with great field position only needing a field goal. I mean, the tuck rule, hell, the Patriots needed that just to get into their first Super Bowl. So weird stuff has to happen in the moment to get you a championship. You can't guard against that happening, but you're setting yourselves up now to have all your ducks in a row, have everything lined up for you to win as many championships as possible. When is the last time you could say that about this 49ers team? Even the Harbaugh years, it wasn't like that. You didn't see that sort of path set in stone. It's there now. The The streets, the cobblestones have been laid. The 49ers are on their way to a multi-year run of contention. Everything is there. And by the way, you can make the argument right now that the 49ers are the best run organization in the NFL. Their head coach. Their GM, their quarterback, their best offensive player, and their best defensive player are all locked up for years to come. They don't have to worry about their deals. That's settled. How many teams in the league can say that right now? So, yeah, they're going to have to make some tweaks. The secondary is a big question after this season for sure. There are other guys that they're going to have to make decisions on, but it's not the cornerstone guys. It's not the guys that are most critical to their success. So if you have to let some of them go, or if one of them gets just blown away by an offer on another team and you lose that guy, that's okay. Because your foundational pieces, your core guys will still be there. And that's important when you're talking about multi-year runs for success. Another thing I saw that I think is important to mention. Did you notice how there were no leaks from the organization during any of these deals? Nothing. Not when Kyle Shanahan was negotiating his deal. Not when John Lynch was negotiating his deal. And not with Kittle. There were no leaks to national reporters about the status of the talks, right? Remember when Jim Harbaugh was talking about a new deal? And it was, oh, what do we hear? Jim Harbaugh wants to be paid like a Super Bowl winning head coach, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl. That was coming from the 49ers organization, of course. We didn't have any of that this time. There was nothing. Same with John Lynch's deal. It just pops up on your phone one day. You're sitting there eating breakfast. Oh, what's the John Lynch sign? Cool. That's how it goes down with the good teams. That's how the smart organizations handle their business. Now, there was some chatter from Kittle's side during these negotiations, but the 49ers can't help that. There's nothing they can do about that. What did we hear? Three days ago, right, Mike Silver saying, oh, the talks were going very slow, right? The inchworm emoji. That's how slow they're going. Did we hear anything from the 49ers about that? Was there any sort of response? Did, did a national reporter have a criticism of Kittle's agent for trying to negotiate through the media? No, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. And 72 hours later, the 49ers and George Kittle have a deal. One quick thing I want to point out that I'm sort of seeing on Twitter It's unfolding as I'm recording this. The 49ers may be a well-run organization, but the 49er reporters, there's a little infighting there. Grant Cohen had a tweet earlier this week with some numbers saying that the deal was going to get done and had very specific info in that. turns out those numbers are uh, not exactly what the deal is. He's still on Twitter trying to take credit for breaking the story, and some of the other 49ers writers not really giving him any love for it. Chris Biderman. Sacramento B says, and he's kind of throwing a little shade without mentioning Grant specifically, you don't get credited for reporting something when the report is inaccurate for anyone curious. Accuracy is the most important part of what we do, not being first. I'm not here to bash anyone else's work, he said after bashing Grant Cohen's work. People do their jobs differently. Oh, that is some major shade. That's just how I go about mine. Look, if you're going to bash somebody, if you're going to take issue with somebody on Twitter, you got to add them. You, you just have to. I mean, first of all, you know Grant's going to see it. I mean, you guys work together. You're all part of the 49ers beat. So just throw him on it. It looks really weak when you don't do that, I have to say. Come on, Chris. You're better than that. And Grant Cohen responds right after. You see how much some of these writers dislike me. You know, here's the funny thing about Grant. Because I know on Twitter, like, he has this amazing ability to get me to go from, like, zero to the maddest I've ever been with like a two word tweet. He just drives me nuts. If you talk to Grant, he's the nicest guy. He's a, he's a great guy. Just on Twitter. He has this ability to rile people up. And apparently it's working with the 49ers beat writers. I've been in this business for 15 years now. Nobody cares who got it first, except people in the media. Nobody cares no one is sitting there with a tally at their house like okay, Schefter 26. Grant Cohen got one now, and Mike Forio broke six. So nobody cares. Nobody remembers. You know, I've heard a lot of people, I heard one writer at ESPN say that the that the writers hate Twitter because it's like a written record of who got what first and when and how far behind you were. But I honestly I I don't think anyone remembers. On my Twitter feed, I'm sure on yours. The same tweet pops up, right? Like one after another. Oh, George Kittle agrees from Matt Mayoko. George Kittle agrees from Chris Spiderman. George Kittle agrees. NBC Sports Bay Area. Like it just comes up so many times anyway. You don't remember where it comes from. Come on, 49ers beat writers, we're better than that. Let's let's have a modicum of professionalism, please. That was just one thing I had to get off my chest. I've said to people sort of behind the scenes for years, I never had a chance to say it on the air. Nobody cares who was first. Let's not spoil what otherwise is a fantastic day for 49ers fans with arguing about this garbage. All right. I hate to end on a downer, but that's I just had to do that quickly before I go. Uh, that's going to do it for me. You can always, always, always hit us up on Twitter on our new Twitter account, by the way. All the 49ers podcasts are going to be under one Twitter account, at NN Podcast. That's going to be your home. For the whole lineup, which we're going to announce shortly, we hope to get uh, everything signed over the weekend. So hopefully on Monday we'll have a a full lineup that we'll be able to announce and share with you. We're really excited about some of the people uh, that we're going to bring on. But at NN Podcasts, or you can hit me up personally on Twitter. I'm at StatsOnFire. I like to say I'm on Twitter for the arguments. And I'm always looking for smart people who disagree please like and subscribe to the podcast. Please, please, please leave us a review, good or bad. If it's good, great. Obviously, we like that. If it's not bad, tell us, and we'll try and be better in the future. We're here for you. That's going to do it for me. I'm Rob Stats Carrera. We'll see you next time.